hello, and welcome to the Already Loved Podcast. I am your host, Carly G. Nipe, and I'm so glad that you decided to tune in today. Today, we'll be talking about a concept and a quality of Jesus that is personally one of my favorites, and that is the vulnerability of Jesus. I believe that when we talk about the vulnerability of Jesus, we're able to understand how to be more vulnerable in our relationships and add quality and flavor and depth to our relationships in a way that I think a lot of us are lacking. I'm going to be so honest with you. I actually cried while writing this episode and not only because I am genuinely an emotional person, but also because it really just hit home for me about how vulnerable Jesus is with us and how much he loves us. So, Without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Obviously, we always start with a song recommendation, and today, instead of a song recommendation, I'm actually going to give you a podcast recommendation, and not an entire podcast, but just really an episode that honestly shaped the way that I viewed Jesus, and it really shaped this episode. So, the podcast episode is called The Humanity of Jesus, and it's by Jonathan David and Melissa Helsler. I think that's how you pronounce their last names. I'm not really sure, but I'm going to go ahead and link it in the description because I'm going to be so honest with you guys. It really shaped my view of Jesus in a way that has never been before. And it's really just a good predecessor to what I'm talking about in this episode and just kind of gives some context. So if you want to go ahead and cue that up, give it a listen, maybe before or after this episode, such a good one. And I highly, highly recommend. And honestly, their whole podcast is really good. I think it's a collection of both series and sermons and messages that they've preached or maybe workshops that they've given. So it's not exactly like a sit-down podcast every episode every week, but it's more of just like a compilation of their works together, which I think is just so cool. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and pray us in. Dear Lord, we just love you so, so much. Jesus, we invite you into this space. You are welcome here. And right now, we just want to make a space for you. We want to make room for you, Lord, to do whatever you want to do. Lord, move however you want to move in this podcast episode. Right now, we just, with our hands over our hearts, Lord, we just welcome you here. And we also welcome you in our hearts, Lord. You are welcome here. We surrender again to you. And right now, we just want to feel your presence. And we just need an encounter from you. Lord, this whole thing would mean nothing without you. So I just pray that you would encounter us today and that we would just be able to learn more about your character and learn more about you in this episode. We love you so, so much, Jesus, and it's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. So when you think of Jesus, I'm sure the first quality that comes to mind for you is probably not vulnerable. I think many people don't actually think that Jesus is a vulnerable person. We believe that he's stoic, he's serious, boring, and just unrelatable, but he was 100% God and 100% man when he walked this earth, and he very much can relate to us more than anyone in our lives. He has felt every human emotion, sadness, joy, temptation, hurt, etc., everything, so he knows what it's like. I was thinking about this, and in what other religion do we have a God who relates to us? a God who knows how it feels, a God who has been at our level. I don't know many except for our God. And ever since I discovered this quality of Jesus of being vulnerable, I couldn't help but read the Bible and see countless examples of Jesus's vulnerability with both people and with the Father. 
I think some that come to mind immediately are Lazarus when he wept and he was very sad and angry. Like that is an emotion that, you know, you wouldn't really expect from the king of the universe, but it's very comforting to see Jesus, who was perfect, still have emotions and express them. I think that just showed us that it is okay to be vulnerable with people. I think about Matthew when he goes to the garden and prays with his disciples. He's being vulnerable with the Father and he's saying, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup from me. And that's a very vulnerable thing for him to say because he has to be honest with himself. If he's honest with his human self, he really doesn't want to have to die. You know, like he does not want to suffer and he knows exactly how he's going to suffer. And it just shows that even though he knew he was doing holy work, he knew he was becoming the promise filling in the gap for us, but he still was honest with his father and said, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. I think the greatest example of Jesus being vulnerable with us is him literally dying on the cross for us. And I think about that verse, John three 16, we've heard it a million times, but when we view it through the lens that Jesus was being vulnerable with us, it really changes everything. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him will never die, but have eternal life. This is the greatest sign of affection and the greatest vulnerability that he would lay himself on the line, put himself out there, way out of obviously his comfort zone because he literally died, but he put himself on the line. He put his love for us on the line, knowing that we might never come to him. We might reject him. We might completely slap him in the face and say, I don't want what you have to give to me. And I think the thing we need to realize is when we see the vulnerability of Jesus, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable too. In a lot of ways, we fear vulnerability. We fear being fully known inside and out. But Jesus has shown us that it is a beautiful thing. One observation I had is that Jesus was vulnerable first. He took the first step of vulnerability. I think about when you're asking someone on a date or even if you're asking someone to hang out with you just as friends and you just want to go get coffee or something, in a way we're being vulnerable and that's a very small degree, but you know, we're kind of saying, hey, I want to know you more. Do you want to know me more? And so that is kind of taking that first step. But I think in a lot of ways in Christianity, we think that us saying yes to Jesus is us putting ourselves on the line us being vulnerable first, but he was first. He was the first step. He was the first person to be vulnerable with us because of his sacrifice on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, that was the ultimate sign of vulnerability. He was humiliated publicly, tortured beyond recognition, hung naked on a cross for you and for me. And the thing that gets me is that Jesus did this not knowing if we would ever love him back. That is the greatest vulnerability I know. I think about in middle school, I remember I had this huge crush. I'm sure we've all had crushes that, you know, like we would literally do anything for them to notice us. And this is obviously in middle school. I'm sure as we get older, we're like, hey, I like you. And we're just way more straight up about it. But in middle school, I just remember instead of just straight up saying, hey, I really like you, I would laugh really loudly (laughs) so that my crush would notice me. And like, I remember this is so creepy and probably just revealing how weird I am, but I remember I would like pick up his trash after lunch or like choose him first to be on my kickball team. And that was kind of my way of putting myself on the line. And I did all that, you know, kind of putting myself out there, not knowing if he would ever like me back or not. 
in a way, I kind of went out on a limb for him. I got outside of my comfort zone. And in a way, that is vulnerability. And I don't think it takes a genius to see that Jesus's sacrifice for us is far greater than all of that. He put himself on the line for us. He was embarrassed for us. He went out on a limb for us, knowing that he would be rejected by many still. And that is true love. That is true vulnerability. The second thing I observed about vulnerability and Jesus is because of his vulnerability with us, we can be vulnerable with Jesus. He is the safest person to be vulnerable with. He already knows every single thought we have. He knows it all, but he invites us to tell him. How beautiful is that? If I already knew that you were going to tell me something, I would just kind of keep that in my mind and not really tell you like, hey, uh, you want to tell me about that? But he loves us so much that he wants us to have the choice and have the option to be honest with him. He already knows, but he gives us the ability and he invites us to surrender. He invites us to be honest with him. Every single unnameable emotion, he sees it. All of the irrational thoughts that you have, he knows them. Every single one of my flaws and insecurities, he loves them. He is the best person to bring all of our doubts, our fears, and insecurities to. And we can get really nervous because we think that if we share our doubts and fears, then he'll look down on us or we'll have shame. But that is not his character. He is loving. He is kind. He is love personified. There is nothing that you can bring to him that will surprise him or make him look down on you. People will do that, but Jesus will never. Something that really gets me is that with people, we can be vulnerable with them and it can not be reciprocated. You know, they can react badly. They can kind of take it and then just not respond or they can not expand on it. They could, you know, invalidate that. But Jesus never does. He will always reciprocate your vulnerability and not only reciprocate it, but he started it. The third thing I observed about vulnerability, I don't know literally how many times I can say that word today, but we can be vulnerable with people. You know, when we see his vulnerability with us, we know that it is possible to be vulnerable with people in this way. I went to Crew Winter Conference in February, and I think Jenny Allen said it best. She said, when you connect with people and you plug into community, when you open up to friends and do life with them, you will be hurt because people aren't perfect, but do it anyway. I think there's a lot of bravery in that. I have been vulnerable with plenty of people who are no longer in my life. I've been vulnerable with people who have hurt me immediately after. I've been vulnerable with people who have used my vulnerability against me, but I am so, so glad that I was open with them anyway. Refuse to believe the lie that if someone walks out of your life, then it was almost like a waste to tell them what you did or that it was pointless, that it led to nothing and clearly made things worse in the end because I think that's a narrative that we can tell ourselves. When someone walks out of our life, we're like, oh, what a waste. That was so dumb of me to be honest and open with them because now they're not even a part of my life. But refuse to believe that lie because ultimately you grew from that experience in that relationship. You are a different person now than you were when you went into that relationship. Whatever form it was, a friendship, even a family member, someone who hurt you, a relationship romantically. Because when you disclose parts of yourself, you are becoming more like Jesus. You are choosing courage over fear. God never wastes a season. So even if there are people who have hurt you or used your vulnerability against you or stolen your innocence... God redeems all things. I have learned that it is stronger to be vulnerable than to not. 
I used to think strength was to put up a front and let people only see the good parts of myself. And I wanted so badly for people to think that I was cool, smart, trendy, witty, whatever it was. But in doing so, I sacrificed a genuine relationship with them. And this is something that I still have to work on. I still have to constantly surrender my want to be recognized by people. I have to constantly lay down fear of man and instead choose fear of God. It is stronger for you to put down that front and put down that wall and be honest and let people see the real you because people can't love a fake you. This is clearly already a lesson we've learned before, but I think it's a reminder. Something I still have to work on with social media even. You know, obviously I think there's a time and place to be vulnerable. On social media, sometimes you should not like life dump your entire... (laughs) trauma but what I'm saying is we have to be okay with people misunderstanding us and we should be vulnerable anyway because Jesus did it so we can do it and when it comes to being vulnerable I am not talking about like abusive or unhealthy relationships or friendships please set boundaries with people who aren't leading you closer to Jesus I'm talking about life-giving relationships and friendships that will spur you to be better do not shy away from those I think we live in such a boundary, like hold your own, do whatever makes you happy culture. And for a lot of us, what makes me happy and comfortable is never telling anybody anything bad that I did, not telling anybody any of my dirty, scary, difficult things in my life because I don't want them to look at me differently. I don't want them to be overwhelmed by me. I don't want to be, you know, the lie that a lot of us believe is I don't want to be a burden to them. But think about it. If somebody came up to you, you know, a friend that maybe you weren't super close with, but a friend that is just going through a hard time, if they came to you and asked for your advice and your comfort and your help, you would not think, the first thing you would not think is, oh, they're such a burden. You know, like you would never think that. I mean, if you're a good person, you would probably never think that. If you're going through a lot right now as well for yourself, I'm sure it is totally valid to think that. But I'm talking about in your normal day to day, when someone, if someone came up to you someone you knew came up to you and was like, hey, I'm going through a really hard time right now. I could use your help. You would not think, oh, there's such a burden, you know, like that. (laughs) So when you are going through a hard time, do not ever hesitate to reach out to somebody who loves you. Someone, even if you just met them, but you just feel like you can be honest with them and they love the Lord and you know that they'll steward your story well, it is okay to tell them. And I think you should take that step You cannot complain about not having people surrounding you if you're not taking this step, you know, and you're not being bold and being courageous and being able to say, hey, you know what? I actually am okay with somebody knowing this part of myself. Jesus was vulnerable, so we can be vulnerable with people too. I'm going to be so honest. I was going through probably one of the hardest seasons I've ever been in last semester during fall 2021. I was starting college and I went to a college close by my hometown. So I was almost embarrassed by how few close friends that I had. I saw everybody's Instagrams and just comparing my life to theirs and being like, oh my gosh, they clearly have this huge friend group. They're established and they know their place in their college. And I had not found that yet. You know, I had so many high school friends, but then you feel embarrassed to reach out to high school friends because you're like, oh, I don't want to just look like I only have high school friends. But then you also don't want to like just reach out to new people that you don't really feel like you know well that was basically what was going on in my head. And I remember being in this boat where I was just like, I know so many people, but nobody truly knows me. Deep down inside, I did not have anyone that I think I could call if I got in a car accident, other than like my parents and my boyfriend, (laughs) which is really embarrassing. But 
It was a really isolating place to be in, and that's really where the enemy does his best work. Where he can lie to you the most when there's no one surrounding you to tell you otherwise. That's when the enemy will corner you and just tell you these lies, and to you, they sound believable. You know, like, you're like, that's actually kind of plausible that you say that, because you're right, maybe I am worthless, maybe I am unlovable, maybe nobody really will ever like me, maybe I'll never have a best friend. Whatever that lie is... And I remember I was just in the middle of like a hundred different life transitions, comparing myself to people who have had friend groups for three, four years even. And as an extrovert, this was especially detrimental to me because I need people to like live, you know, like that's how I exist. (laughs) And that's how I get all my energy is like from being around people that I love. And so I remember not having that. I spent literally so many nights like breaking down crying on the phone to my mom because I was convinced that there was something wrong with me. Like there was clearly I was the problem. Clearly I am missing something because everyone seems to get it except for me. But I will never forget the most beautiful vision I had of Jesus in my darkest moment. I actually wrote down the encounter and I really just wanted to share it. So here's an excerpt of my journal from, I want to say September 2021 about the encounter I had with Jesus. This is what it says. You are so good, Lord. Here I was crying to Jake on the phone, sobbing because of all my insecurities coming up. I come into my prayer closet shortly after feeling drained emotionally and just terrible. Why did I feel this way? I asked the Lord in my prayer closet, am I doing this right? It doesn't feel like I am. Am I doing something wrong? Where am I supposed to be right now? Why do I feel this way? I was so distraught, but I felt the Lord's presence and comfort on me. And I really felt a presence in the room on me. He was so, so close. And I closed my eyes and I saw a vision of Jesus walking towards me in his heavenly figure, so righteous and holy. He was bright and white was all around him. And his eyes were so soft and calm and loving. But he stooped down and held my chin to look at him. And it wasn't a condescending, perverse look of shame. But he simply wanted to look me in the eyes. And he revealed to me that when he comes close to us, we are not the only ones being vulnerable with him. But that he is being vulnerable with us. And that just wrecked me. I felt his love and I felt his warmth. I heard Jesus tell me that before he loved anybody else, he loved me, his church, his bride, and he showed me the enemy's schemes, that the enemy was coming after my identity, trying to attack my heart. He revealed to me that the enemy was attempting to render me incapacitated and therefore unable to do the holy work that God has set before me. God reminded me that I am exactly where he wants me to be right now and that he is sovereign and close. This encounter with the Lord was beautiful, but it followed one of the worst mental breakdowns that I've ever had that semester. And it really shows that we don't have to get our lives together to come to him. But when we just invite him in, desperate for a touch from him or an encounter with his presence, he always shows up and we just have to wait for him to come. There's no amount of perfect words or perfect sayings that you can say or do or actions or religion that you can follow to get the presence of Jesus here. It is simply a heart honest before him and a heart desperate for a touch from him. He responds to a desperate heart. That's just the heart of God. And so when we come to him and we genuinely, honestly just want a connection with him, he will come. If we wait long enough, he will come. And you'll be able to feel him come. There's a moment that when he walks into the room, you can just feel his presence. Like in that journal, I was saying, I just felt his comfort in the room. 
And that comfort doesn't just come from anywhere, you know, like it definitely comes from him. And so I would encourage you if you're going through a hard time right now, or even if you're just, you know, have something on your chest, or maybe you haven't ever confessed something that you you know, have done that you're kind of like, oh man, like I really don't know if I can ever tell anyone this. I would really, really encourage you get in your prayer closet, get in your quiet time with the Lord and just with a desperate heart, with an honest heart open to him, invite him in the room and just tell him and just keep in mind his character and how soft and kind and loving he is with us. He is not harsh. He is not rude. He is calm and loving and he is peace. And so he is a safe place that you can tell that to. If you're going through something or you just have something on your heart that you feel like you need to confess or just get off your chest, I would really recommend go to someone who loves Jesus more than you, someone who you look up to in your faith and just really ask them to sit down, get a coffee and really just be honest and vulnerable with them. Being vulnerable really, really helped me grow closer to the Lord, first of all, but also grow in my faith and grow in leadership and in my friendships and in my family. Because when we're not honest with people, we can't be held accountable. I had a mentor over high school and mentors are amazing, but if you're not being honest with them, there's only so much they can do. You know, like I remember I was going through this time where I was really feeling convicted about a lot of things. And I think I mentioned this in my testimony episode, but I was just talking about it got down to the point where I needed to stop watching secular TV shows because I just was so tempted and always like distracted by that. And it wasn't even like I was watching like terrible TV shows that showed like terrible things, but it was mostly just anything that wasn't Jesus I was feeling convicted about. Obviously, I am not that extreme anymore. I think I just needed that during that time because I was just going through a time where I really needed refinement in my life. But I remember going to my mentor and she was just like, you know, we're talking, we're talking about life and she's helping me, giving me good advice. And then she's like, yeah, well, is there anything else that you, you know, feel on your heart to tell me? And I was just like, oh my gosh, I need to tell her that I'm watching Gossip Girl. (laughs) And like, this sounds so, it's like I said, listen, we all have our own convictions and mine was Gossip Girl. That was just one of them. But you know, that show, it's a great show plot wise, but you know, they just had some inappropriate scenes. The whole premise of the show is just not one that will spur you to the feet of Jesus. I will be completely honest. And you know, that might just be for me, but I just think that there's a lot of undertones of that show that were not really holy and that's okay. But you know, we're trying to live in the world, not of it type of thing. But anyway, I remember my mentor was like, is there anything else you want to tell me? And I was just like, I definitely need to tell her that I'm watching Gossip Girl and that I feel really convicted about it. But I was like, oh, I really don't want to because I know that if if I tell her, then she's definitely going to tell me to stop watching it. And I just don't really want to be told to stop watching it. But I am so glad that I did because this sounds so silly and so little. But on the other side of me telling her that I was watching Gossip Girl was my freedom. You know, I was able to say, hey, I will be so honest with you. I actually am watching a show that I know isn't good for me and I know it isn't bringing me closer to Jesus, but I just felt the need to tell you and I know that I'm feeling convicted about it, but I just don't know what to do about it. And she responded with grace, with love. And she was like, Carly, I'm gonna be so honest. Of all the things that you could have told me, you watching a little TV show that like has some kissing scenes, like is not the worst (laughs) thing in the world. Like I was like, you're right, you're right. But it just shows that when we're obedient to the Lord and we are responding to our convictions and we're being vulnerable with people who will pour into us and draw us closer to the Lord, it allows us to grow in our faith even more. And I would not, if I would have not told her that I was, you know, feeling convicted and not obeying my convictions, 
I probably wouldn't have taken another step in my faith and I probably wouldn't have been progressed even more. And not that there's like levels of faith or progression of faith, but I'm talking about growing in your faith and growing deeper with the Lord. I would not have gone any further than where I was at because I wasn't being honest and I wasn't being held accountable. So all that to say, that was a really silly example, but I'm just saying that when you are honest with people, they're able to hold you accountable. So if you have something on your chest, I would highly, highly recommend tell someone who loves Jesus more than you. Tell someone who has a strong faith and they'll be able to help you through it. They will respond with grace. You know, if they're really full of the Lord, they will respond with grace and peace and they'll be able to walk you through it and be there and, you know, kind of link arms with you in that situation. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Dear Lord, we love you so, so much. And I just thank you for this word. I thank you for the gift of your presence. I thank you that you allow us to have connections with each other and allow us to be vulnerable, not only with you, but with each other. So I pray that this week, Lord, we would just take another step of vulnerability with people. And that that thing that we're thinking of that we can never tell anyone, Lord, I pray that you would give us the boldness to tell someone so that we can be healed. In your word, it says to confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that we will be healed. And so, Lord, I just pray that this throughout this week, And throughout next week and this month, Lord, we would just be able to open up with people, be honest with people who will draw us closer to you, make life-giving friendships and lasting relationships. I thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that we would accept that gift, that we would walk in your freedom, that we would abide in your grace, Lord. Lord, tether our hearts to you so that we can only be focused on you and we can love you the way that you deserve to be loved. Thank you for being vulnerable with us. Thank you for taking the first step. Thank you for writing that first love letter to us. It's extravagant the way that you love us, Lord. I don't deserve any ounce of what you've given me, but thank you, Lord, that you did. You're so, so good, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so, so much for listening, guys. As always, if you really liked this episode and you think it would bless someone, go ahead and send it to them. Like I said, I do not pay for advertising, so y'all are my only form of advertising. And if you want to go ahead and follow me on Instagram, if you aren't already, that would be amazing. It's at KGNipe is my personal, or at Already Loved Podcast, which is the pod Instagram. If you aren't actually subscribed to the podcast on whatever you listen to your podcasts on, go ahead and do so. I think on Apple Podcasts, you just click the plus button to subscribe to it. And then on Spotify, you click the follow button. That way you're able to keep with updates and yeah, just be able to see. If you didn't already know, this season of season one is actually ending soon. Um, next week is going to be the last episode of season one. I know, I know, so sad that I'm not, like, coming out with more episodes for a little bit, just taking a little bit of a rest, you know, it is good to rest, and during that gap between season one and season two, I'm really going to be praying and fasting and seeing what the Lord wants to do in season two. I'm really excited for what it's going to look like, and I think having times where we just take a break and exist, it's really good. So, 
that's what I'm going to be doing in between season one and season two. If you want to go ahead and catch up on the podcast episodes you haven't listened to, honestly, if you haven't listened to last week's episode with Brooke Gilmore, even if you don't know Brooke Gilmore, she is amazing and the entire episode is so led by the spirit and just blessed me so much. So I know it'll bless y'all. All that to say, go ahead and catch up on your podcast episodes of Already Loved. But yeah, thank you guys so much. I love y'all so much and I hope you have a great week. Peace out. Thank you.